right, well, welcome back to another episode of Sea Student Theology, where our goal is to make Christianity accessible to the average person. My name is CJ Pierce, and I'm the pastor at White Sulphur Baptist Church of Georgetown, Kentucky. Today, I am once again joined uh, by my wife, Bethany, and we are continuing our marriage series. So this is going to be the second week that we're going to be talking about this. We are uh, taking our church on Wednesday nights through a book called The Seven Rings of Marriage. And so this last Wednesday, we covered the engagement ring. That's the chapter name of the book and the study. And so uh, right off the bat, I'm going to ask Bethany. So on Wednesday night, we asked the group to share their proposal stories, right? Their engagement stories. How did you propose to your spouse? And I want to ask Bethany, what was your favorite story that we heard? My favorite story was... Am I allowed to name drop or we're not? No, don't don't name names. Um, okay, well, there was one story of they went on a hunting trip. I don't even know if you'd call it a trip, but they were out hunting. And the way that he describes it is that she was huffing and puffing up the <laughs> Huffing and puffing up the hill. What what shocked me was that those were the words that those were, were the chosen. Exact words. <laughs> as soon as she got to the top of the hill, she was huffing and puffing, and that was the moment that he got down on one knee. <laughs> so, I just think that was really funny. Um, the other one, a lot of them involved tobacco because we have a lot of tobacco farmers, and so yeah, it was really funny to or know that, that they had to be done. Uh, around tobacco harvesting yeah, around tobacco season yeah it was really that was fun. really funny i liked those a lot yeah no that was good all right so help me understand well actually you know what before we jump into that do you want to share our engagement story from your perspective <laughs> why don't you do it no go ahead it's okay um, i shared it from my perspective in class so i'd like bethany i knew it was coming so we went we're going out on a date in your really old truck that you had at the time and it was a it was an elegant square body Chevy, by the way. You stopped at a stoplight too abruptly, and the glove compartment door like flew open, and there was a little <laughs> box in there. So I immediately saw it, but CJ like basically unbuckled himself and jumped across the cab of the truck, like throwing his body in front of me, so I couldn't see it, and so obviously that was suspicious enough that you thrown your body to shield it but <laughs> so we get there to the wharf and we were like having clinch. what's what's the wharf for non-locals um that term's not popular everywhere i don't even know how to describe it it's, it's like it's, where boats dock and yeah it's like a really long pier yeah um with restaurants on it yeah and, and also commercial fishermen operations yeah yeah um so we would go there a lot and we would have clam chowder bowls mm -hmm. and like watch the sunset over the water. And, um, you decided to do it then. And then you asked me to get, <laughs> you asked me to get something in your glove box. And so well, me not being foolish was like, okay, this is happening. This is happening. <laughs> and, and I turn around and like, I need to check something on my tire. Can you get me? The wrench. The wrench of whatever. And so I went to get the pretend wrench and I turned around and CJ's on one knee. And what happened from there? I was a smooth operator. Yeah. I never saw it coming. Okay. It was. You're, I was blinded and completely surprised. You're going to hurt my feelings if you keep going like this. <laughs> 
Anyways, you said yes, so it couldn't have been that bad. Yeah, here we are almost 10 years later. <laughs> Why is there a tinge of regret in your voice? <laughs> All right, well, good story time. Let's move on from that. Um, so in our class on Wednesday nights, like I said, we're going through this book called The Seven Rings of Marriage, right? And we started with the engagement ring. What does the engagement ring in the book symbolize? Because what we talked about is it's not just for those who are literally engaged, right? Right. Um, are you ask, you're asking? Yeah, me? yeah. I think it's the foundation. Okay, it's the beginnings. Yeah, your solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Is it a cracked foundation? Mm-hmm. Um, how is it laid? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, and so... Um, can you, can you start again 20 years into marriage? Yes, absolutely. So according to the illustration the book is using, the engagement ring like phase or whatever doesn't have to be for like newlyweds, right? It's right. A, it's I don't even think it has to be for people who are actually engaged or married. Or I married? Think, yeah, I think that Go if on. you're dating or you're looking to date mm-hmm. or court, whatever you want to call it, like... I think these are still key things to have in the back of your mind of like what you're looking for. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the idea is the laying of a foundation, Mm -hmm. right? And so what are some things um, that can contribute to a strong foundation? Let's start there. Friendship. Friendship. Why would you say friendship? I think when you're friends, you don't base everything off of one certain aspect in your relationship. And so... I think when you have friendship laid first and maybe then you court and then you date, whatever you want to call it, um, I believe that there could be a stronger foundation. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that if you don't start off as friends, you don't have a strong foundation. But um, Or, and it also doesn't mean that if you start, if you realize right now, right, that you started with a, with a bad foundation, right. that doesn't mean that your situation is hopeless. Right. Right, because um, like we talked about in class, like you can start again at any point, mm-hmm. right? Let's just dig a new foundation. Like yeah. let's dig out the trench. Let's pour the slab and let's start building again. Mm-hmm. Um, they really follow that illustration. So I use it a lot yeah. on Wednesday night. But um, one of the things that we talked about is that your foundation can become weakened over time. So even if you start with a good foundation, right, you might end up with a bad one at some point. Yeah. And so I use the illustrations of like an earthquake or a leaking pipe. Do you mind like talking a little bit about those? Like w- what, what did the earthquake represent? Like the outside things from that come from outside of your marriage that you don't really have control over that could weaken your foundation. What could do that? Yeah. Jobs, kids, outside influences, um, stresses like, and mm-hmm. I think all of those <coughs> could be lumped into as a, as a stress potentially. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking more like tragedies, you know, yeah. things completely outside your control because kids are still kind of within your control and yeah. stuff like that. So not completely like just <laughs> stressed. But. I, I don't know how to feel that when I <laughs> use the illustration of earthquake, you thought of our children first. Well, if you've met our children, I think that people would understand. <laughs> so uh, when I was teaching it on Wednesday, I used earthquake as an illustration for uh, like tragedy, right? Like death in the family or... Um, an economic downturn where you lose a career and it's completely outside of your control. Like mm-hmm. those things can really rattle the foundation of a marriage, right? Yeah. Um, but then I also had this illustration of like leaking pipes. Yeah. 
So, and to me, that kind of symbolized the lack of maintenance yeah. on a marriage. Um, can you give, think of some examples of that that we talked about in class? Um, I think we talked about how you stop dating each other. Um, so there's no more chase and it doesn't even, I guess you don't even have to call it chase, but I believe that that's really important to maintain is if you can't do it weekly, maybe a biweekly date night or a monthly date night of like, we're going to make time to make time for each other. Um, another slow leak I think is when you get too busy, Mm -hmm. the busyness of life Mm -hmm. and then you end up having different priorities. And that one's hard. It is really hard. Busyness, I think especially in our culture, is seen as a virtue. Yeah, it's yeah, it can get really difficult. Like the the busy you busier you are, like that that's like the is it called the grind culture or the hustle culture? Oh, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like you don't really care unless you're driving yourself into the ground yeah. to be productive, right? The busyness of life. Yeah, so talk more about that. Um, I think you know, you get a jobs, you get kids, you get house to maintain, life to live, and that like that can include all of the chores I think that come with life, like mm-hmm. grocery shopping, maintaining the home, getting the kids to sports practices, and mm-hmm. making sure you have time to yourself, and then making sure you have time for your spouse and taking Mm -hmm. care of animals if you have them and so and all those things you have to do right Right. like those are required by life to do those things so how do you keep those things from becoming the kind of leaking pipes that erode a foundation of a marriage that's a really good question you know what i mean yeah because they have to be done like they can't be avoided so how do we i think you can avoid having um special chickens and goats and things (laughs) Every episode, you try to find a new way to hurt me. Things that are not a necessity. Anyways, can we get back to the real question? <laughs> how how do we keep the normal things of life from eroding at the basis of our marriage? Because they have to be done. You can't avoid them. I don't even right? know if I know how to answer that. So, okay. It's interesting. I think that I ask myself that every day. Mm-hmm. And... I like obviously there's prayer and boundaries, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, what can I realistically do today? Mm -hmm. What can I realistically do this week? Yeah. Um, and then you just pray that you're going to survive the week. Well, and I think that part of it is, you know, in creation and we go back to Genesis when God created everything, he built into the rhythm of everything, this idea of rest, Mm -hmm. right? So after six days of work, he rested, right? Right. It's not because God needed to rest. God is uh, infinitely sufficient within himself, right? He doesn't need to recover from anything. He's never exhausted of energy. He was doing that for us. He was modeling something for us. And so you see that uh, in creation, but you also see that in the cycle of seasons now. Right. Right. So winter is really a time of rest. The trees rest. The plants rest. Animals are quiet, right? There's no reproduction happening in nature. Like everything is just kind of dormant for a little while yeah and so you kind of see these rhythms built into everything around us and i think that that is screaming something to us as people um that we're commanded you know one of the ten commandments right is to keep the sabbath Mm -hmm. and so this idea of rest is built into everything but except our culture Hmm. right to take a day off to do literally nothing but rest is almost seen as like lazy now 
Yeah. Right. Cause you're not really hustling. Yeah. Um, and I think those days of rest are so important for a relationship. Yeah. For a marriage. Cause we rest together. Right. It's like, it's one of the days where we're able to kind of come back together. Yeah. So anyways, all right, moving along. Okay. So following the illustration of foundations and materials, construction, right? The building of something in the video series, they talked a lot about how there's different materials, right? That can go into a home. Um, there's different, different kinds of things that contribute to a strong foundation. So we already talked about friendship, right? And mm-hmm. do you want to just do a quick reminder why friendship's important? Like it outlasts, um, parenthood. It outlasts, right. It outlasts good looks, Right. right. It's the it's the thing that's going to outlast other things. There's a solid foundation in friendship alone. Yeah. I mean, we hear all the time. Like, I hear all the time divorce couples. Mm-hmm. Like the kids left the home and I wasn't even friends with the person I was left we with. We just stare at each other. Right. We you have he- nothing to talk about. Right. You hear that all the time. Yeah. So we really got to work on friendship. Um, we also uh, talked about counsel. So why is counsel important? We talked about like it be- the idea of it being a tune-up on a mm-hmm. car. What do you think of that? I am 100% in favor of counseling, therapy, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I think that there's a big stigma around it that it's a negative thing. But I personally have like come out of it a better person, I feel Mm -hmm. like. And um, shout out to the one and only, I won't say her name, but she's one of my favorite people in the world. And a faithful listener of C-Student Theology. Um, she has helped shape us and she's helped change our perspectives of each other and come to conclusions peacefully. And it's not world war three in our home anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we have disagreements still, but I can't remember the last time that we've like actually fought and I owe that all to her and prayer and, Christ and growing like growing pains but I think that if you have counsel I would 1000% use that um, but be careful who it is and I don't think that it needs to be like your friend circle and well I think you can ask advice from friends right but I don't think that they should be involved counsel wise like if you're beyond the, Hey, I need advice on this. Yeah. Am I wrong in this? Was I like, do you think that I could have said something differently? If it's beyond that, I think it needs to be someone who is outside of that. No, I think that's a good point. I think that, I think it's safe to go to friends for, for some of the minor tune up stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, Hey, how could I have said this better? Yeah. Right. In your opinion, or why do you think she responded this way? Yeah. Right. Some of the more simple questions, right. right? What are some habits that I could create that would benefit my marriage? Those kinds of things. I don't think we have time for that, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking up left and right today. Bethany, (laughs) Bethany, this is so fun. (laughs) Anyways, um, but if you, you know, if you're starting to get into deeper waters. Yeah. Right. Where maybe there. Where is, you need like an actual raft. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like, maybe there's some like legitimate trauma. Yeah. From past events or relationships. Right. That needs unpacking and yeah. dealing with. Um, or if you guys have, have uh, kind of gotten to a point where there's been some like toxic conversations between you mm-hmm. as spouses, right? Where it's really hurtful and not just minor disagreements or, or right. minor fights, you know, but like really ugly stuff. 
then it might be worth finding someone a little more qualified than than just the average Christian. I think, right? yeah, even definitely that relationship-wise, but even if you see things in yourself mm-hmm. that you don't like and you, sure. you need help on yeah. how to change that, there is nothing wrong with seeking that out. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be, you got to want to grow into the kind of spouse that you'd want to be married to. Right. Is that Did I say that right? I, I believe th- so. I think I said it right. Yeah. Be the kind of spouse you'd want to be married to. And that takes intentional work and growth. Um, All right. So counsel, uh, prayer. We don't have to spend a ton of time here. I think think it's a good one. Couples that pray together, stay together. I think that's probably true. Yeah. I think there's definitely some truth there. Um, We talked about that it's awkward, right, to start praying Mm -hmm. with your spouse. Definitely for me. I don't like (laughs) praying out loud. Yeah. That's always been difficult for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm more than type that I will say like, Hey, I'm going to pray for you today. See ya. Bye. (laughs) Or I'll text like, I'm praying for you. And I will, I will actually do it. At some point. I don't like doing it out loud. (laughs) And what about the times where you yell at me to pray for you? Well, so I don't, you had an injury. I don't think people understand the pickle that I'm in because you're my husband and you're technically also my pastor. So (laughs) you should be praying for me because I'm also a member of the church. Yeah. But you treat me like, yes, no, no, you treat me like I'm just a big prayer vending machine. That's your job. And you should be able to walk up and press a couple buttons and get whatever thing you want (laughs) out. It's like literally part of your title (laughs) that you have to pray for people. I am just a man, Bethany. Well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what is some advice that you would give couples who want to start praying together, but are struggling with the awkwardness? Maybe start separately. I don't know. What do you mean? Maybe if it is genuinely super awkward, you're uncomfortable with it. I think it's okay to maybe give each other like an intimate hug and be like, Hey, I'm going to pray for you today. It's very difficult for me right now, but I promise you that I will do it mm-hmm. on my way to work. I will dedicate that time of praying for you, lifting you up, encouraging you in some way. And then hopefully the more you do that, maybe it can become like a, a very quick 30 second, like prayer together. I don't know. No, I think that's good. I think starting off committing to pray for each other yeah, is going to be really helpful in coming together and praying out loud with each other yeah all right and then the last um material right for a good foundation that we talked about was the cornerstone and the cornerstone if you know anything about building is really important because the rest of the structure is kind of based off of that right Mm -hmm. it makes sure that your corners are squared and things like that it's level so the cornerstone has to be the relationship with christ that you each individually have um the bible talks a lot about the need for husbands and wives to be evenly yoked and no, I'm not talking about eggs, right? We're Good talking one. about... Keep oh going. <laughs> you were on a roll. I was, and you Keep had to do it. No. You had to do it. You couldn't stop. Um, so the idea of being evenly yoked, like if you think about two oxen, right, that are pulling a cart, mm-hmm. um, and they're, they have this bar that kind of goes across the backs of both of them. And if one ox is much smaller than the other, 
then they're not going to pull evenly. They're going to go in circles, right? They're going to be struggling against each other. Sure. The little one's going to be getting dragged by the bigger one. The bigger one's going to get worn out from having to drag the smaller one. Mm-hmm. And so it's this this illustration that you need to be um, balanced, right? And evenly um, paired together when it comes to your faith and your relationship in, in Christ. And not every person is going to be exactly in the same place. Right. Right. But we both need to be committed to the same things. I definitely don't think we were in the same place. You don't think so? No. Like we were both Christians, Mm -hmm. but I think we were at two completely different walks. So I think that the goal is what exactly what you're saying, but I don't believe it always starts off that way. Yeah. No, that's probably true. That's probably true. So anyways, um, this idea of you know, being evenly yoked and, mm-hmm. and growing into, um, into a relationship with Christ together, but out of the strength of the each individual relationship. So do you remember the illustration that I drew on the whiteboard? I do. Can yeah. you explain that a little bit? Um, it's a triangle. And if you are familiar with boss baby, because you have kids, the triangle is the strongest shape in the world. And I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, clearly you don't watch that movie with our children. Um, it's true. We watched Star Wars. So, (laughs) and Jurassic Park. Um, so the idea is that, um, it's a triangle. So you have husband and wife at the bottom and then God is at the top. And so the idea obviously is that the triangle goes up. And so, um, in the midst of that, the top gets smaller, right? Mm-hmm. And so as you go up the triangle, right, you end up becoming one. Right. They grow closer and God. closer together as you're both pursuing yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where we ended things. Um, I was, I was writing some things on the, on the whiteboard to try and help illustrate some of this more and like how this can go wrong. And people are making fun of me for, can you how- please tell us how you spelled money? Listen, I, I was spelling money correctly until everyone started heckling me. Money. Okay. <laughs> if you're not going to say ridiculous. He said, this is how he spells it. M-O-N-E. Right. I got to E. <laughs> no. And then the pressure that I felt from a room full of 30 people heckling me was too much. And oh I abandoned gosh. the Y that goes on the end of the word. <laughs> I was done. You guys didn't deserve the Y. <laughs> okay. Anyways. So this is the, you know, the basic idea of the engagement ring from this book that... It's, um, it's focused on foundations, on beginnings. And the encouragement that I think we would leave you with is that you can start this at any point, right? So even if, mm-hmm. even if you aren't engaged yet, you can start laying your part of the foundation by growing closer to Christ, by pursuing him, right? By becoming the kind of person that you would want to marry right. in the future. Um, if you are 20 years in and you realize that for whatever reason, the foundation has become a little bit shaky, like there is plenty of time and good reason to dig again and to lay a new foundation upon the cornerstone of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. So that was kind of the, the gist of this lesson. You got any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? Nope. I think that's it. As our kids come out. Yep. Our kids are literally walking out. We do this live uh, at our dining room table and we try to distract them with the iPad as all good parents do. So (laughs) (laughs) we're winning. (laughs) We're winning. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. We will be back again next week. Um, with episode three of our series on marriage. Thank you.